like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. With me, as always, is Corey Starr. Um, A.K.A. Corey Redhair. Coco Redhair. Coco right here, like Coco Beware, <laughs> listeners. I was a big WWE fan. Um, this is a new thing I started that I'm just having a blast. And uh, I love it. Nicknames for Corey. Um, some will definitely be repeated later because I will run out of ideas. But for now, Coco Redhair is in the house. How you doing today, Corey? I'm good. How are you? Not too shabby. Um, considering the state of the world that we are living in, yeah. it is a dumpster fire, and it makes me extremely sad and anxious and. Um, it is time for a change. Uh, I, I've been, um, I don't know, like I haven't posted any reviews this week. Uh, I haven't actually written anything new. I do have a couple like in the back burner that I've not posted. Um, and I didn't post, uh, the last episode that we've recorded of Bantpocalypse, which, um, apparently everyone else has forgotten about the pandemic. So I'm, I think the Bantpocalypse series might be over just because it's like the whole point was to kind of like, we're in a, we're in an apocalypse and now people are acting like we're not. So I'm like, okay, uh. <sighs> next next series i guess um but uh yeah so i have watched some movies and um this is a new month listeners this is june um as 2020 continues to steamroll over all of our hopes um we uh we are moving into a new month which is a new theme and the theme for the month of june 2020 is uh the truth is out there which feels oddly appropriate we chose this theme months ago um, but the truth is out there, everybody, and that means we're going to be watching documentaries all month. Uh, and the normal rules of this podcast are that one of the one of the two of us have to have not seen the movie that we're watching for the week. Corey got to pick the first documentary, and she picked A Secret Love, uh, which is a 2020 documentary on Netflix. Uh, we'll be getting into our full review of the film later in the episode, but before we do that, we like to uh, catch up. We won't catch up as much because we caught up a lot off mic. Um, well, on mic, but not recorded. And uh, and then look at what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how you doing? I'm fine. I've got it. It's finally the weekend. Um, yeah, it was 95 degrees here today. And Whoa. tomorrow and Sunday, I think it's going to be in the 50s or 60s because the rains are coming. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it do be a coming. Um, <laughs> I've, I've heard that. Um yeah, it, it's it's been raining a lot the last two days uh, because oh, of the trop. I believe it's related to the tropical <sighs> storm that's sitting in the Gulf right now. Um, no, uh, but it is uh, not bad rain, but it's just like consistent rain. There was a, a really long, hard torrential downpour yesterday, but uh, today's just been like a long day. So my my dogs are miserable because they don't like going out in the rain, so they won't go out. But then they also have to go to the bathroom and they won't go in the house. Thank goodness. But at the same time, I feel bad for them because they're just like looking at me. I'm like, dude, I don't control this. I promise. Uh, I, if I could turn off the water for a minute, ever. I would. Um, but yeah, so they're they're not happy, and that makes you know me not happy. But um, and I gotta say, one thing that's kind of stressing me out, and I mean it in the best way. But uh, my daughter has started working because she's 16 now, and so she's got to pull her weight. Um, <laughs> and help pay for the car insurance that we're gonna is gonna do. Oh, uh, um, yeah. She she will get her license by the end of this month. 
and um, which will help the the thing I'm about to complain about. But the the I don't mind. My wife and my daughter are working at the same place, which is weird um, in some ways. But they they know this, of course. The company is aware of this, and yet they this coming week they have scheduled them like opposite of each other. So like I have to take Taylor to work at like seven o'clock. She clocks in, so I have to take her there by six thirty. Pick her up at noon and then take Kathy at two. In the and morning. The two or the seven. Seven. The seven, yeah, because they open at like seven. Oh. Yeah, so I have to take her at seven, which interferes with my workout routine. Which, like, that's a small thing because I can just delay it by twenty minutes. But the the workout I do in the house with the like the resistance bands and stuff, that's cool. I can start whenever because it's the inside. But the running oh, yeah. in the morning. At a certain point, it becomes a nightmare. Like, it is way too hot if after 8 o'clock. So if I'm not, like, running by, like, 7.30, I'm usually miserable while I'm running because it's so hot. And um, so, like, that's one of my concerns with this week. I'm looking at, like, like why did they do this to me? Because, like, I'm going to have to drive her, come home, then take Kathy back up there, and then go get Kathy. And it's just, like, it's so much. Um, so hopefully once Taylor gets her license, she'll just drive. Uh, and then I can, you know, sleep in the extra two minutes or whatever but and it's it's not like it's far but it's far enough where it's like 15 minutes one way so it's 30 minutes every time i have to do it so if i have to do it four times that's like two hours of my day just gone you know so it's like it's a little aggravating um but not not a big deal you know it's a small complaint again she's gonna have her license eventually uh this month and that stresses me out in a different way because i am you know protective and i don't want anything to happen to her even though uh she's the driving lessons that we've got for her she's doing really well with and the instructor has been not only great, but just really complimentary of her driving and like her confidence is ex- really picking up quickly. So it's exciting. It's still nerve wracking. Cause like, you know, it's, it's nerve wracking enough when I'm in control, but when I'm like not in control of like her safety, it makes me extra nervous because people are not great drivers. Um, I don't know if you know that, but a lot of, a lot of bad drivers. Oh, I almost um, had a heart attack today driving. Yeah. See, it's no good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a small complaint. Otherwise, like, you know, it's, it was, I think it was my first full week of summer vacation, technically, kind of, I don't know, this week feels so crazy. Um, I'm really losing track of time now, because now, like, at least when oh. it was quarantine, I had, like, a job still, like, I was doing stuff. Right now, I'm on, like, I don't have it much to do, although I was at the school uh, three times, because we were doing the yearbook distribution this week, because yearbooks came late, because of the, the shutdowns and stuff, um, this week has been busy maybe that's why i'm so lost because i've been trying to cram movies in and uh, i've been playing a lot of video games um trying to like get caught up on games that i own and haven't beat and then new things that have come out that i've been wanting to play um so yeah lots of stuff anything else you want to mention before we get into what we've been watching Mm. no i'm really a boring person oh okay well that's fine (laughs) Uh, then let's get into what we've been watching. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, I have a really short list. Um, so I'm having a hard time focusing on like anything. Mm, uh, I watched our, you know, I watched our uh, documentary last night and finished the last 30 minutes today. Uh, I try to pretend like I have good sleep hygiene and then I'm going to like turn off my lights and start reading at 1130, phone away, all that stuff. But, it, you know. Here we are. Um, so that's why I was like, I only have 30 minutes, but I can't stay up till midnight, you know. Um, 
And then I watched E.T. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Loved it so much. Um, And yeah, so I rewatched that. I think it was probably the first time I've seen it since I was probably like eight or nine. Um, Used to have it on VHS, rewound it just so I could watch it again. And then I've been watching Just Nightmares Next Door and I've been playing Stardew Valley. Mm. So well, I I am still playing Animal Crossing daily. Um, it's it's losing its luster a little bit because I feel like I've done everything I have to do and like I don't really have anything I want to do. Like so, I'm just now like going through chores daily. Like I'll get all my fruit, I'll catch some fish, sell them in the shop. All right, done. Um, <laughs> so I'm I don't want to lose the game yet. So I'm I'm still playing. Not lose. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to lose interest in. It, so I keep like doing stuff and. Today, I caught a lot of fish that I hadn't caught. Like, I got a bunch of the sharks and stuff that are new for June. So oh, cool. That helped a little bit. Um, but I've been playing Resident Evil 2 on Xbox. Um, a little bit of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, Star Wars Fallen Jedi? Fallen Order? Fallen Order? I keep forgetting what the game's called, but it's really good. Um, both of those games stress me out. Resident Evil 2 stresses me out so oh. much. Um I've made a lot of progress, but it's still like each time I play it, it is like a nightmare for most of the time. And then uh, me yelling at it and finally giving up. But um, I also, I just got Final Fantasy VII Remake and Resident Evil 3, which is why I'm pushing Resident Evil 2 so hard. Um, so like, I'm playing through all those like variations. And then um, that's mostly it for games. And then... Um, I've been listening to uh, the Blank Check podcast a lot. Like, I'm almost finally caught up with it. And then I'm going to start reading um, some anti-racist books. Um, I've got, like, I I subscribe to a service called Scribd. Um, I think maybe it's Scribd. It's probably Scribd because the Scribd makes sense. But it's it's S-C-R-I-B-D. And you subscribe it. And there's a pretty solid library of audiobooks and uh, regular e-books and stuff. Um, And it's unlimited for the subscription. So it's like, I think it's eight bucks a month. Oh, and then it's like Netflix for audiobooks and stuff. Um, you can look, whatever's on the service, you can listen to as much as you want. So I have several of those queued up, uh, and I'm going to try to listen to several of those. I'm not great at reading, um, because I get real distracted. So audiobooks are my my go to. Um, the first one I'm I actually do own the physical book because my my boss is awesome, but it's called The Burning, and it's if you saw uh, Watchmen, the HBO series Watchmen, um, it is the true story about the. Uh, Black Wall Street and it's the massacre that took place there just at 99 years ago from like two days ago. Um, Holy heck. And uh, it's a very the, the Watchmen do a really good job of bringing it up and bringing it to the, to the light but this book is like the true accounts and interviews with people who experienced it so that's the first one I'm going to start with. Um, but then I've watched I've watched a few movies. A lot of the movies I've watched are from 1967 uh, because um I we were doing astrology for the year 1967 and I'm trying to uh I had a lot of gaps um I have we've never really it doesn't matter if you have gaps when we do this podcast but it is a lot more uh fun to talk about movies you've seen than movies you've never really experienced so um I watched uh a Sidney Poitier film called To Sir With Love which is like a, a teacher he's a American teacher who goes to England and he's given a group uh, it's kind of like the reverse dangerous minds which this came first but the teacher is black and the students are white and they're all like you know pain in the butt none of them want to be in school um and he you know 
trains them to be better people kind of thing. It's, you know, it's, it's a story that's been done and done and done. It's the genre film. It works for me. Sydney Poitier is a really good actor. So that helps. Um, then we watched uh, Sweet Dreams. Uh, have you heard of this movie? I don't think so. It's from 1985. Uh, it's on HBO Max. And Kathy picked it. We actually, Kathy, me and Taylor all watched this. This goes really, really well with Coal Miner's Daughter because this is about um, Patsy Klein, who has oh. a small part there. Um, Patsy Klein was played by Beverly D'Angelo in uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. In this case, it's played by Jessica Lange, who is an excellent oh, yeah. actress, right? Um, and then her husband is uh, played by Ed Harris, who is always good, often a jerk, and he no difference here. Um, so we watched this. Uh, it's good. It's The director makes it very bold choices with certain elements of the story that I was surprised about, but overall it's, it's definitely engaging. Um, the, the singing is not great. Uh, it is, she's lip syncing and it's to me and Taylor, it was very obvious. She was lip syncing, um, looked kind of brutal. Uh, so it was but, like, was it lip syncing to like the original versions that, or I, I didn't Taylor looked it up and I don't think she, she indicated who, what she was lip syncing to. So I'm not sure. Okay. But it, it just, something was off. Like, it was noticeable. Continuing with my 1967 and Sidney Poitier. He had three films that year. Um, I've hey. watched all three. Uh, he had Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which I watched last week. Um, to Sir With Love, and then In the Heat of the Night, which is the one that, uh, sadly, holds up way too well, as it, uh, the racial injustice that is in this movie is happening on our news uh, programs at night. So that was kind of crazy. Um, but it, it is the movie that would then inspire a TV series of a very similar framing of a, a black uh, police officer dealing uh, with a racist police precinct um, and like him kind of proving them wrong, but at the same time dealing still being like hated by everyone in the city he's working for basically. Um, but it was a, it's a really good movie. Um, watch the documentary. Uh, then I watched 1967's Cool Hand Luke with Paul Newman, who is becoming one of my like favorite actors. Uh, I love him and Redford together. He, Redford is not in this one, but, um, this is an iconic film I'd never seen. Uh, one of my students really wanted me to watch this on top of the fact that it was part of the 1967 year. So I was like, all right, I got to knock this one off my list. And I'm glad that I did. You see uh, how it has influenced so many movies uh, since its release. Um, a lot of like, like there's Shawshank Redemption clearly takes from Cool Hand Luke. Um, Cars, actually, which Paul Newman is in Cars, which I had forgotten, uh, takes a couple of like little moments from Cool Hand Luke and puts them in Cars. So it's really good if you've never seen it. And then today, uh, the last movie I'm probably going to watch from 1967 before we record is Mel Brooks' The Producers, which uh, was remade in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken, but um, I'm not going to watch that version because it's got, um, oop, forgot his name, Matthew Broderick in it. And I'm not a big fan of Matthew Broderick. Um, I like him in very specific things. I like him Ferris Bueller. I kind of like him in Cable Guy, and that's kind of it. I, I dislike him. Not even, his, like, he just plays characters that I generally don't like. So it's not like a criticism of his acting. It's just like, if he's in a movie, I probably am not going to like that character, so I don't want to sit with it. Um, Producers is very good. Uh, Gene Wilder, so funny. Um, I love him anyways, but him and Mel Brooks just really click for me every time they work together. Um, and this was no exception. Uh, this, Do you know anything about the producers? Not really. So 
the premise i didn't know what the premise was i knew they were producers they're they're producers for broadway plays um and uh well actually one of them is gene wilder is an accountant and they he kind of nonchalantly is like it'd be very easy to uh, game the system if you get more money given to you like because I, I guess the premise i didn't know this detail but like if you if i'm a producer i get you to give us money for our show but i'm i'm actually selling you a part of the profits so if 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 the play is successful and we make profits you get money but if the play fails you get nothing so their idea is that um at least that's the information i got from this movie they if we are able to um we take in we sell more than than we should be able to sell like we promise like 2500% basically is given away we make like way more money than we actually need to put the play on put the play on for like let's say 60,000 but i've got a million dollars donated to the play play flops taken off broadway so no profit we don't have to pay anything but we get to keep all that money and we write it off illegally you know that we we gave it to this we gave it to that um but so like they're when they're looking for their play there has to be a play that they think will fail uh it's a nazi musical oh it's it's like a pro-nazi musical uh well so that that's only a small part of the movie because the movie is actually about them getting the play set up and like the whole money thing so the play is a minor element of the producers but uh it's it's pretty funny um the the two songs that are written for the film are very very funny but uh good i just said that about jojo rabbit and then i'm like was there like music and singing in jojo rabbit i've only seen it one time no i was like "Mm." Um, but it is excellent um it is I should watch it again. I concur. Uh, so that's what we've been watching. Um, oh, I also have caught up with uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series mm-hmm. on FX. Uh, really, really like that show. I think if you haven't been watching it, check it out on Hulu. It's excellent. Um, I have. I am going to be starting Gilmore Girls because I've never seen it. And people keep talking about it. But I, I do have uh, my senior editor next year is a big, big fan of it. So I feel like I need to get on her wavelength with that, that show. So um all right we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna be getting into a secret love the film we watch for the truth is out there and here we are a secret love is from 2020 so this is a brand new documentary i don't know for sure when it was released on netflix but it was sometime earlier this year um it is a netflix original so you can if you have a netflix description you can watch it you can pause this and go watch it real fast um it is directed by chris bolin uh it's not is a little different because it's a documentary. So it's, it focuses on Terry Donahue and Pat Henschel. Um, I knew nothing about this movie other than Corey picked it. Um, I hadn't heard much about it. And I did know, I read the synopsis, which the synopsis on I am uh, on, actually this is on Letterboxd. Synopsis says, amid shifting times, two women kept their decades long love a secret. But coming out later in life comes with its own set of challenges, um, which isn't, entirely what the documentary is about it's part of it um and we'll get into that momentarily i was looking to see what the ratings were but apparently they don't post them on here so hang on um uh, 77 metascore 8.0 imdb user score and it has a 4.0 on letterbox um i mean to not like this movie i feel like you would either have to just be against documentaries or against i mean i guess you could be against uh, lesbians and or same-sex marriage in which case this movie would upset you probably um 
But odds are, if that's the case, you probably aren't listening to this podcast because I've been called a liberal. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, if, if you know why I said that. Uh, I it's do. It's very funny. I know you do. Yeah. I'm saying, like, in general. Um, but, uh, anyways, um, I didn't know a major detail about oh, Terry. Oh, yeah. Did you know either. that one? Okay, I was really, like, when it started, I was like, okay, that's really weird, because you just it, had me buy A League of Their Own. It was like, I don't know what to call this, not divine intervention. It was, the universe wanted me to rewatch A League of Their Own recently. Like, it was, like, less than a month ago. Um, yeah. I, we got it, which is one of my favorite movies. I've not seen it for a couple of years now, but it's one of my favorite, like, Tom Hanks films. Um, it's it's one of my favorite baseball films. Like I, I love Gina Davis in that movie so much. I love, um, uh, I'm forget her name. Well, Madonna's amazing in that movie. Rosie O'Donnell's really good in that. I mean, I, I love Lori. Like, Lori. Um, oh, I'm forgetting her last name. Lori Petty. Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, together we got there. Uh, love that movie. I've seen it so many times. It's, it was one that like, it was on HBO when I was in like middle school or something. And I would just rewatch it like all the time. Um, I've always been a big baseball movie fan. In fact, I, I like a very, I haven't seen a couple of the big ones. Like I've never seen the natural, which is on my list. Cause Paul Newman's in it, I believe. And, um, I haven't really sat and watched bull Durham from beginning to end. I've seen parts of it. I know it's supposed to be great, but like I rewatched Sandlot. I rewatched major league. And then I rewatched league of their own note. They're all got a comedic kind of twist to it, but, um, I love those movies a lot. And so I was really excited to find out that, uh, Terry Donahue was one of the people drafted to play in the all girls league um, during world war two. When the guys were drafted and overseas fighting in the war, they did a baseball team, uh, just four teams. If you're not familiar with the league of their own, it's, uh, uh, I was very happy to hear how accurate the movie was too. Same. Like, I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Cause I was like starting to get worried. I'm like, I don't remember that team when they said her team name, but I was like, Oh wait, no. Okay. I do remember that team. Um, but yeah, so like that was really cool. Uh, it was an extra bonus because I was already compelled by the the story of these two women uh, being so afraid of backlash uh, from their their love that they've kept it a secret for most of their lives. Uh, they've just been roommates and things of that nature to their friends and family. Cousins. To some people, yes, uh, they were cousins. Obviously, the family you couldn't lie about being cousins to your own family, but um, I guess you could try. Yeah, she's a distant cousin. Um, but. Uh, so, Corey, you picked it. Um, I kind of gave a synopsis. I didn't really say what I thought. I did say it's like, how do you not enjoy this movie, though? Because you're like rooting for these two older ladies. Uh, what did you think of the doc? I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought their story was just, both of their stories were just so interesting. Um, and I not knowing that she was part of the All-American Girls you know, league made it even more just, I was in it. I don't know. Into it. Yeah, And like when I went to start the movie, the, the poster has um, a picture of two women, like, ho like holding each other. I don't believe it's actually them. Um, but one has it, what is clearly a baseball Jersey. And I was like, Oh, is she part of the league? And then like they, she definitely not shy about the fact that she was a part of the league, right? Like she carries baseball cards of herself. Um, like just to, to give to people and stuff, which totally get. Yeah, Cause if I met her, I would totally have wanted um, 
a card. Same. Um, I want one now. Right. Which, uh, I guess let's. I, I also enjoyed it. It's 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 again. It's a, such a human interest doc. It is impossible uh, to not appreciate what's going on. Um, there is there is a quote unquote character because uh, again these are real people, so you can't fairly call them characters. But there is a a woman um, who is their niece or one of their nieces uh, named mm-hmm. Diana Bolin, I believe was her name. Uh, looking at the looking at the favorite. IMDb pictures. Yeah, the the one who's trying to help them uh, transition to a different place, um, she she felt like maybe she was milking being on camera a little bit to me. Uh, I maybe she's just like that. But anytime a person is so dramatic, and there's a camera on them, I often attribute it to the camera. Um, I mean, there is the whole like idea of the the mere act of observation changes the experiment, that kind of thing. So the the you put cameras in a room, you're going to get a different people are going to be different, you know, unless they forget the cameras are there. A lot of times, you know, that's the, the camera obscura, that, that type of documentary, the fly on the wall, we're just there to observe. That is what um, part of this documentary is. Not all of it. There's interviews and there's conversations. Filmmakers completely out of it. You never hear them ask the questions or anything like that. Uh, so it's it's solely on the people, but there's definitely, there's testimonials. So it, it has traditional doc elements. Um, a lot of uh, still pictures showing their past and stuff utilized. Um, so it's, it's well made. There's, I have no major complaints on that, that front. Um, but that was like the one part, like she, she kind of irked me a little bit. I'm just like, uh, it's too dramatic. It feels way over, overblown again. It might be genuine. It's me. It felt a little, a little performance, not, not from the director's point. I just think she was like, I'm going to be real big. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like she knew she was on camera. This is my chance to shine. It's like, "Mm, maybe not. Um, but uh, overall, um, it did. It hit the heartstrings uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think I think we need to move to spoilers to get to any of that talk. So, uh, Corey, guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about a secret love from this year in great great detail. I can't talk today. You have been warned. So uh, I'm looking at like the people I follow on Letterbox and those who have seen it. One, a lot more people have written reviews on this one than like a lot of times. Um, the people I follow don't write stuff. Like it'll be like two or three people that will have posted something um, other than just giving a star rating. And this time I have like seven or eight people. Um, there's the only one of them that I follow has a two star review. And uh, she says the movie is so frustrating because it's nothing. I don't agree with that. Um, it depends. I guess like this movie has no stakes, I guess you could say in terms of like the world, like it doesn't, it's not uh, global warming. It's not the, the inconvenient truth that Al Gore did. It's not Super Size Me where the world is affected, but a human interest piece. Um, so the word fluff is not wrong. It essentially is. Um, this is It's an interesting story. Uh, there is no... I think like the, the messages that you can take from this um, are, you know, about like... There's like... There's the whole assisted living, like the the, the one woman aging. whose name I. What is it? Just aging in general, and yeah. I guess not but being able to be a hundred percent. That's not like an issue that you can fight, word. right? Like we can't stop aging, unfortunately. Uh, and again, of course, if we could stop aging, that would be another Sorry. problem because then we have overpopulation. But so, like, 
I think that's what this particular, uh, I don't know if calling her a critic is fair. I don't know if she's just a casual letterbox user or whatnot, but um, I think it's fair to call it a fluff piece because there is no, you know, like there's lessons that you can learn about life, uh, but even like, you know, they're getting older. They're the woman wants them to move closer to them. Um, uh, you know, it should be noted we don't see anybody die, but we are told in the uh, the uh, like an epilogue text that uh, that Terry passes away, and she has Parkinson's throughout the and so that's like she has Parkinson's, but it's like we don't really completely see how you know devastating Parkinson's is. So this isn't about Parkinson's disease. Um, it's there's a a small segment that is about the girls' baseball league, but it, it's not. It's not what the documentary is about, which is, again, not a, not a criticism, but it's not. Um, it's it's about these two these two women, uh, their life in the past, how they hid and kept things secret. But all of that we are just told, and then we have pictures. I think the the most impactful element of their their hidden love to me was their love letters, um, and the revelation that the uh, that same woman whose name I keep forgetting, um, who the the Diana. niece or the favorite, yes. Um, she asked why all the, there's, there's torn pieces on the bottom of each letter and they would rip their names off once so that if someone found the letter, they wouldn't know who wrote it. And that was like crushing. And also like, I don't know, it felt, it felt, it made their love even more romantic to me because it was like, it had to be in secret. And like, there's this like level, like obviously going through that would be awful. Not being able to like be yourself, uh, but hearing it as a story it is very compelling it's like wow they risked everything and look how they had to like they did all this stuff and it becomes this you know big grand uh experience that now we're hearing about so again don't want anyone to have to go through that but since they went through that hearing about it is very compelling and that that like little touch felt so powerful like it hit hard when they said that well i just think that it's amazing anyway to love someone for 72 years Mm, and to also have that reciprocated. Um, And then I can't imagine having to hide that. And even just like being careful not to give someone to give a look or accidentally touch someone in a way that just, I feel like would come so naturally that like always being on guard. I don't know. It, they didn't tell their family, but some of their family already knew. Like, I loved when Terry was talking about her father and that she would rather, he would rather her live her life like this than to be in an unhappy marriage. Um, but that her mother could never know because her mother would probably disown her. But, yeah. like, her parents loved Terry um, and, like, took her in because Terry was. I just found their whole, both of their stories so compelling. Um, how Terry like lost both of her parents in an accident with a train, and then mm, yeah, like or Pat, and then Terry's like mom and dad kind of you know taking her in kind of thing. Yeah, um, how they like moved to the United States to be in Chicago um, in the forties. Um, so she could be part of the baseball league, but also so they could just live their life because they were from like these really small farming communities. Yeah. In uh, Canada. 
Yeah, and it was even like so watching a league of their own and seeing the scouts go to these really tiny towns with like a little train depot and then we see like the train depot in her hometown. I just I'm so glad that I got to watch that recently and then you know, yeah. getting to see even this like her story of like the tryouts and stuff and like uh them reading out the names and her not being called to like towards the end. Um, I also thought it was cool that uh, she got to stay on the same team the whole time because, like, that's part of the uh, you don't see because you only get one season in the League of Their Own, but like, you hear of, of trades happening even in that first season, and then like, there's stuff in the end where they talk about like there was a lot of shifting and trading of players. So, like, the fact that she got to stay on the same team, uh, there's a really great picture of her playing where it, it reminded me of a photo that they did with Dottie. Um, where like her, she was, st- she's a catcher, which is Dottie. And so I'm like, I kept waiting for them to like say that Dottie was like the inspiration, but, or, or the, I'm sorry, that Terry was the inspiration for Dottie, but apparently not. But um, she was a catcher and there was this picture where she had like thrown her hat off and was like going to get a pop fly. And it, it, she just looks so pretty in the picture, um, which I think uh, Diana comments on like how pretty she looks. And, um, uh, you know, and they 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 play up some drama. Like there, there's a part where she's telling, I think Diana. Like we we're told about the time she comes out to Diana, and she's worried Diana was going to like you know not want to be a part of their lives, and she doesn't. She does. She handles it very very well. Um, that's a part of the documentary, but it is, it's kind of a small part of them coming out. It's more about getting old. Um, I mean, it's about their love and their history together, but their their time is coming to an end uh diana wants them to be closer to to the family so they can help take care of them um and that's where I, the drama came in right like early in the movie that's they're, they're talking about it and then like patty has like tons of reasons why they don't want to move and uh or pat and then terry terry's terry definitely seems to be suffering a lot from um the parkinson's disease like she she doesn't always seem like she's with it like yeah. mentally um where pat is definitely much more in control and um well it like seems like terry's really ready to go though and yes. like pat wants to stay in their home and i can understand that too um so i feel like a little bit of drama needed to happen because i felt like she like Pat opened her eyes at that point and then was ready to start shifting, making changes that they needed to make. Um, So Diana snaps. Um, This is like the third act basically of the film. Um, And when, when it's revealed that, so the cost of living at the Chicago like assisted living facility was going to be like $87,000 a year for the two of them. And Pat's like, that's too much money. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of money. And Diana seemed to agree. And then we cut to like the next morning and it's kind of unclear. We, we There's stuff that happened off camera that we did not see. Um, did which you is hear understandable. that? What? There, there was a part where she, Pat was putting Terry to bed. Yes. Yeah. yeah we got like a outside the window, like voyeuristic uh, segment there. Um, I, I actually did not hear what Diana said happened, but obviously it did. Uh, but Pat says, don't, don't show her or don't tell her or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently they have a lot of money saved up. Like a, well, Diana claims a million dollars. Yeah. Well, it's like, 
I kind of looking, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the documentary and one of the things that made me think that they've kind of been wealthy for a while is that they have so many home movies like throughout the years. Mm. And I feel like that technology was probably pretty expensive early on. And I don't know. I really enjoyed that aspect. But I kind of, and their house is beautiful and large and they have nice things. It's not like gaudy by any means but i you know kind of figured yeah and they, so like that that gets them to, to actually like go through with moving and pat has to have kind of like they have a conversation that we had been privy to the tension um with the interviews that diana was like didn't feel like pat really there and like pat was keeping terry and i don't know it doesn't seem like anyone else picked up i didn't get like an abusive vibe from pat but I did get like a very controlling vibe that is like, like could be misconstrued yeah. as abusive. Like how, especially with Terry getting a little more senile and, and having like the health problems, um, you know, that isolation and control is part of an abusive relationship. Not to say that Pat was guilty of it, but um, there were like little things that made me uncomfortable at times. Um, like when she would speak for her or say, Oh, you remember that. And of course, I've also witnessed that with older people when they know their partner is is losing their memory, they get a little yeah. aggressive about that. Um, like it's, and I get it's frustration because you're like, you know, no, you remember. It's like, but they don't, but they should, but they can't, you know. And um, I get that, and so that's like, there's no sign of anything like that. So I'm not trying to imply, but I did, I have like a PTSD with that kind of thing. Um, anything that feels like an abusive, like people people in relationships that feel like they're a fight is about to happen freaks me out and it kind of shuts me down for a few moments um and uh i won't get into why but um so like especially with like real life stuff uh and this was one of those cases so like the scene with diane even like them like her getting very dramatic i was immediately like uh this makes me uncomfortable um but again again i still i really like the doc i i think it's very, very watchable. It's a very compelling story. Um, it did remind me, uh, I can no longer do this because my grandfather and grandmother have passed, but um, I used to love sitting and just listening to them tell stories about, you know, their times. And that's one of the reasons I love film anyways, is I love hearing stories. So like this to me works for that. I think the story is very compelling. It's very sympathetic. Um, there's even the whole element of them getting married and there's like a little debate, which I was a little surprised about. Uh, they have uh, that was probably my favorite scene in the movie, and I was a little disappointed that it only happened the one time. But they go to dinner with uh, a, a, their two friends that are a, a gay couple, and um, they're they're both couples are talking about marriage because now it's legal, and uh, both couples one wants to get married, one doesn't. And I was like, wow, um, it was just like a funny exchange and kind of an awkward exchange that we were privy to. I don't know, uh, like, what, oh, go ahead. No, I was about to say, do you have anything to add? So, Like, they haven't talked about it in the 60-plus years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, like, <laughs> literally, it sounded like it was the first well, time they'd ever had that thought. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, man. I... I don't know. Was there any, uh, any other standout moments or anything else that really made you like it? You know, I did great through the whole movie... I mean, there. well, the whole documentary, like, there were a couple of things that really, you know, got me. 
right in the feels. But I lost it when they put that up. And that Terry had passed away in March oh. of last year, I think. Um, yeah. But they did get to go home and live for two years. Um, and Pat is still alive. And I had to read a little uh, article on it. Apparently she's playing bingo and, you know, going to casinos and I think watch, going to the movies a lot and just, you know, her to have a good life. Um, I don't, I just, 72 years is a really long time to like somebody just to even, or to like love them. I don't know. I mean, I think you and Bill are off to what? We're like 20, 20 years. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty that's long. Like Kathy and I are at 15. Two, that's like two and a half more, you know, yeah. or like, you know. Well, let's hope we have that opportunity. Uh, you know, <laughs> the planet doesn't just implode or something. Or an <laughs> asteroid hit us. Um, I, you know, there's a part in the documentary where Pat is in the hospital. And I don't feel like they explained why she was suddenly in the hospital. Because, like, we no. haven't heard about her being sick. Right? Okay, I'm not wrong. Because I, I did, I, I get distracted, especially at home. Um, so I was trying really hard. But, like, it, it's it's an engaging documentary but at the same time it's like not a lot's happening so it's easy to like look away for a second and like you might have missed a a word that was said but so um it was weird because it was a role reversal where terry was now trying to take care of pat like she was like make sure you're eating and pat was just like well if i can um but it's so sweet because terry can barely stand up and she's holding pat's hand and like leans as as it you could see how much effort it took for her to lean forward and just kisses her knuckles and it was the sweetest thing and if you can't see the love of those two people um in that moment especially it you know then maybe you're heartless because i i that that broke me a little bit and i was like if pat dies i'm gonna lose my mind and then terry died um which i i didn't lose my mind but i was very sad and i was kind of grateful it happened off camera that it was just the title card that we get that tells us that it that she passed away because i don't know if i could have been like in a funeral or something right now you know what i mean like i, I think i'm not yeah. even too much yeah but uh this was supposed to debut at south by and then got uh hmm. south by was canceled i didn't know that according to wikipedia um and then it was uh released on netflix april 29th so it's only been out for just over a month um, i mean and it's Pride Month. Ah, that's a good point. Yes, it is. Uh, it's it's Pride Month, and we're we're all about equality right now, anyways. Um, so there's a lot of that b- built into this film. Um, wanted to imagine that Pat is protesting right now. Uh, like I don't know if you've seen all of those uh the older people who are protesting. Like, um, it's been fifty years, and we're still dealing with this crap kind of thing. Like you know, uh, I've appreciated those signs because it it really does. I think kind of why is this still a thing that we have to protest at this point? Um, but uh, that's, I think that's it for our secret love episode. Is there anything else you want to add before we give our raping? Mm, no. Um, for me, uh, very comfortably saying it's a not quite golden pony boy. I think it's, it's really good, but it's not a must see. It's not an essential viewing, but it is very good viewing and it's very, very easy to connect with. Um, I'm going to say it's a must-see. Good for you. Go for it. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be watching Amazing Jonathan. Uh, it's a documentary that's on Hulu right now. It's it's just called Amazing Jonathan, but it is about the uh, 
magician comedian i think is how you would call it maybe comedian magician okay. he, it's a merge of both um and his life uh he, i am a really big 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 fan of stand-up and i used to watch stand-up like religiously when i was in high school um any like comedy central was my go-to channel like most of the time and so i watched every stand-up special that comedy central showed um like i i how many times i watched the old drew carey stand-up or jim gaffigan's first stand-up um and amazing jonathan was one that i really liked uh because he he does magic and the magic's really good but he does it with jokes and humor and um some gallagher type like shenanigans like with props and stuff um so i heard about this documentary a while ago it's been on my radar and um i guess his life is a little tragic and i think there might be a, a medical condition that comes into play if i'm not mistaken so that's what we're gonna be watching for our next episode of the truth is out there um and we got a couple more documentaries coming this month but uh that's the next one is amazing jonathan so um if you liked a secret love or you have anything you want to say to us about it you can reach out to us on social media uh, I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And you can, of course, uh, rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find it. And um, if you want to, you can use anchor.fm to leave us a voicemail of your thoughts on whatever movie we have uh, reviewed. And there's a chance you will end up on the podcast. Um, in the meantime, uh, please remember Black Lives Matter. Stay safe. Uh, watch out for crazy because it is happening all around us and as always keep watching movies this has been a burke reviews podcast burke reviews.com